Welcome to Cow Horse, Full Contact by Ben Self, with host Chris Dawson and Russell Dilday. Cow Horse, Full Contact is a view into the industry from our eyes, seeing some of the people that we've seen and grown up with, and getting to hear some of the stories we've loved our whole cow horse lives and would like to share with you. And along the way, we might come up with a little bit of information that helps you on your journey in the cow horse. Here we are. Here he is. Here he is. The one, the only, the bearded wonder. Yes. Beard with a man. I like to say Wade Sundell's illegitimate brother. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't think that? I also found, I saw Shane Smith and the Saints the other day. They've got a fiddle player that looks a lot like this guy, too. Really? Yeah, he wears uh, overalls and no shirt. (laughs) Got a beard and a fiddle. (laughs) So here we have everyone. Four, not once, not twice, not three times. Four-time AQHA world champion, working cow horse, Matt Cook. Against all odds. Against all odds. (laughs) No one can do that four times. Maybe in a row. the skinniest, maybe the skinniest member, <laughs> the skinniest member of the NRCHA with the biggest beard. I'm sure glad I said yes to come and do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. With that big old beard in a windstorm, I'm. A, you wonder if it would pick him up a little bit. No, it's, he says it blocks the wind. Yeah, oh. well, and then when you get the ice and the snow frozen, there it gives you a little more weight. Yeah, was, <laughs> we were talking. We were talking earlier. Was it was it uh, six degrees or minus six degrees the other day? Minus six minus when I was six. doctoring some calves. Yeah, luckily there wasn't that many because my medicine was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be able to rope with the medicine under your armpit. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm learning these secrets off and on. Yeah. Yeah, and you just make sure you have something that has a lot of long hair on it that you're riding. So, mm. yeah, so you keep one of them around with no shoes on so you can go haul butt around in the ice and the snow. Thank yeah. you, Sergeant Pepper. Yes, the Sergeant Pepper. Not a place to drop your shoulders. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, you hope like heck you can sneak shot them or, yeah, darn sure catch them on the first shot. First yes. shot. For anybody that hasn't uh, checked out Rain Cow Horse Training Online... Um, there's a video of Matt on the side hill there, kind of in the same area where we're talking about doctoring these cows. And, uh, yeah, there's some video of him galloping along up and down the hill, kind of looking like the man from Snowy River. <laughs> Marlboro man, baby. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He's epic. Epic. I mean, he is epic. So glad you could join us, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, glad I could get out of the snow yesterday and, and make it down. Right now we try yeah. and do we try and do this together a few times a year, mm-hmm. either at your house or my house. Get together and hang out a few days, work horses, go on to a horse show, or come home. In my case, in summertime, yeah. But just want to let uh, the public know about uh, one of the best kept secrets: the man, the myth, the legend, the fence work legend. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Matt Cook. I hear he is so powerful. Hey, so hey, so we totally have to start with that. So her name. We have a question here. Do you know Kim Rounds? Mm-hmm. You do. Well, yeah. So our question from Kim Rounds to our friend Matt Cook is: You are so powerful down the fence. What are your three biggest pieces of advice going down the fence 
or even teaching one to go down the fence. Not 100% sure what that means, hmm. but hmm. Well, I don't know what you've done to her, but something <laughs> powerful. First off, don't lose your hat. Don't, don't, yes. don't fall off. That's two. 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 Hmm. Yeah, I well, don't know what that's the third. Pretty much that's, don't that's, lose yeah. your hat. Maybe yeah. don't lose your hat again. Yeah. <laughs> duck, dodge, it. dive, duck, yeah, that's, dodge. That's about it. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. There's, yeah Stay, in mm-hmm. Stay, Stay in the, the saddle. Stay in the saddle. Keep your hat on. Yeah. Go where the cow goes. <laughs> there. That's three. Yeah. Three. Perfect. You just got gotta it. stay with mystery, him. Mm-hmm. Mystery solved. Yeah. He's it's a real high. complicated training program I have. He's always hiding his secrets. He is. No, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, people have said that about me, and I'm like, no, you just don't believe me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah it I'm, can't be that we're, simple. We're really not that smart. Mm, no. no, that's what I always tell people. Horse trainers are not very intelligent, so it can't be much to this. How would they be here if they were? They wouldn't be here. Mm-mm. They wouldn't be here. No, there's way easier ways to make a living. Mm. Yeah, if we were going to work this hard, we could make a lot more money doing something else. Yeah. Shout mm. out Mickey D's. <laughs> you get free food there? <laughs> Maybe if we plug them enough. Mm. <laughs> I mean, if you're working there. Oh, I discounted, mm. I think. Surely. Yeah. I don't yeah. Lee Deacon used to work for McDonald's in Australia. Oh, really? Yep, yep. We'll have to get him on here and talk a yeah. little McDonald's There you stuff. go. Mm. So, where'd you start at, Matt? So the very beginning. From like, the very beginning. Not the other day. I mean, way oh, back. Oh, way back. Uh, Grew up in Kansas, the northeast part of Kansas. Heck, we didn't even know any of this stuff existed. Common theory. Common thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my grandpa traded horses and farmed, and my uncle farmed. Um, my dad and my other uncle owned a cabinet shop, and so we just kind of always had horses around, and we'd gather wild cattle for farmers around there. So that was kind of the only reason we had horses. I mean, I didn't know what leads was. i never seen a horse show, no nothing um then i went to college in lamar community college in colorado there and kind of seen what i mean did you do some junior rodeo stuff uh, we we did the team pinning team pinning oh yeah 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 and then i rode bronx um a little bit cold country bronc mm. riders that's yep. where they all come mm-hmm. from yep and then and then we team roped some but yeah mostly it was just all kind of just just using them to go gather cattle i mean we didn't my uncle ran a bunch of yearlings and stuff, but we never used horses really to sword or work them through the chute or anything like that. We did it all afoot. So, and uh, and gathered you gathered with horses or no? Like the feedlot pin stuff, we gathered them all afoot. Mm. Yep. So if you were late, so you caked you, them in. Yeah, you'd get them up. in out of the pasture with cake, and then like say in the winter time when they're in the feedlot pins or whatever, you'd go out there in your five buckle overshoes and. Mm-hmm. So you started working on this physique. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All this fine tuning and yeah, yeah. So like say if you were late gathering a pen of cows a foot, you ran a lot. Oh, for, so yeah. for those of you that don't know Matt, he would fit in with the marathon runners. <laughs> <laughs> maybe minus, maybe minus the leg muscles. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. And the ability Ouch. to run. <laughs> Desire. Yeah, the desire. desire. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I hate running for no oh. reason. Ugh. Robert Robert Smith posted something on Facebook this morning, and it said, if I'm running, you should run too. <laughs> something's chasing me. It's not a place to be. <laughs> you don't want to be there. Yeah. So you guys, um, you got him in on foot to doctor him and everything, mm-hmm. then huh, Matt? Yep, yep. All with shoots and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so then 
that and then went, like I say, when they went to Lamar and I rodeoed there and went through the horse training program and then they sent me to Lloyd Cox's on my internship is where I kind of got my first introduction to the horse show world. Mm. Um, so Very yeah, cool. so I showed up to Lloyd's and they're like, well, here's 32 head of two year olds get started. And <laughs> that was the only instruction I had. And same <laughs> thing, it was about 15 degrees that first week I was there with six inches, eight inches of snow on the ground. And I would just grab them colts and I'd lead them into the bronc pen and get them started. And I'd start about eight a day, no lunch. I had a six pack of Dr. Pepper that I lived on for two days. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize them guys were all going into the barn where the coffee was in the heat. <laughs> Nobody told me that <laughs> was acceptable. <laughs> they told me to go do something and I just went and did it. <laughs> So we were just talking about how you get in the foot there, you put your, your foot in the door there. Yeah. yeah. And someone you tried to work close hard, it. You work hard and cheap. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So I remember like the first horse I started was hip Adams. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Wow. Yeah. He went through the, the cut and maturity sale and he was at Lloyd's and he was the slickest, quietest looking horse there. So Colt. So I started him and I had like three rides on him. Well, that was my snubbing horse. Because I had a bunch of them dual rays that may have been halter broke, supposedly. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't think they yeah. were. So, like, I had this three-ride colt, and I'd go in them pins, and I'd rope those dual rays and get them haltered, and we'd get them drug into the other pin. And oh, uh, What kind go. of pin? A round pin? Yeah, yeah, it was a solid-sided, like, eight-foot-tall round pin is where I was starting them. So How big? 40, 50 foot. Small one. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a nice death trap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you weren't, and I was out there by myself. I could have been dead for two days, and I don't no know if they'd even noticed. Hey, did that guy come in for any more Dr. Pepper last week? <laughs> I don't know. Which guy? What guy? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> you know, the one with the beard. <laughs> but he don't have oh, that was yet. that wasn't a beard. That yeah, was yeah. pre-beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre-beard. <laughs> the bulky guy. <laughs> So where did you ride Bronx before you went there? Just at local rodeos? Yeah, local or? rodeos and I and at college rodeos. And so, yeah, so I rode, I bet I rode Bronx for three or four years pretty hard. Ever touch on the PRCA no, at all? No, I or? thought about it. I went out at the NFR and watched it one time and seen the, the people that kind of followed that. And I and that was kind of around that. And I just didn't, that didn't seem like the scene like that I was one. wanted to go follow. So... I kind of gave up the bronc riding. And How did you practice your bronc riding? Uh, so we had, like, so at college, we'd practice three days a week. We had practice horses and everything. So, like, you'd just get on as many as you wanted. So you didn't bronc ride till you got to college? Well, I did in high school some. Yeah, just towards you? the end, just riding colts. Yep. Just riding. Mm-hmm. Just go yep. to it. Yep, I just entered up and figured it out. <laughs> Take that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This should be easy. Yeah. Same Eight seconds. That's it. And you know they're going to buck. So yeah. That's yeah. going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When they crack that gate, they're going to come out and it's going to be game on. So it ain't no real big surprise. And team roped before you went to college? Mm-hmm. Yep. Just a little bit. We built an arena at the house and just kind of piddled. I mean, same thing. Not much guidance. Just kind of went at it. Mostly team pinning, though. Mostly team pinning. Yeah. And that um was it pretty big there in Kansas it was at yeah that time? so back there it it was real big yeah it was cr- so all what the county year? fairs it would have been like 2000 right around in there oh it was cranking yeah really cranking then uh yep and so like say we could just take those kind of just half broke horses we had that we used to gather cattle them wild cattle on and that's what we took to town and where did you get your horses at 
No, early on. the sale barn. Yeah, most of them were about three hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, a little extra income turning them over. Yeah, so I would buy. I'd go to them sale barns and I'd kind of started trading horses. I'd have twenty, thirty head around there, and we'd I'd buy them, shoot anything from two to five years old, and start them, put sixty, ninety days on them, and then sell Turn them. Turn them over. Yep. And if I got a thousand to twelve hundred for them, I was getting something. Killing it. I mean to tell you. Rolling in the mm-hmm. dough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now buy me a new set of overshoes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <little> sleeker. Yep. <laughs> what how is it how is it you're pinning and you're team roping and you're trading horses, they're only three hundred dollars, and you never took them in to get the cattle out. I just wasn't like so back there. The farmers were like, "Well, horses make cattle wild." Wild, see, that's yep. what I was wondering. Yeah, because yep. they'll come to a grain sack, mm-hmm. go in there first few times. You go with farming cattle on a horse. Yeah, it's they, a disaster. Yeah, they, and the fences aren't real great, and it's all electric fence, and it's mud. Like back there, it's muddy. Like I mean, probably even worse than here. Like muddy, muddy. I don't even know if you could get horses around in a lot of times. So I know we've used like. For non like non pros will make them get off and cut a foot and stuff like that. So I'm thinking that you got years of experience working cows a foot. You're gonna get a little smart about where you need to be on a cow. I mean, if you lose this son of a gun, you're a foot through the mud. Yeah, here and we go. You're getting lots of motivational speaking to right. towards you. <laughs> so, <do> you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that motivational speaking. Yeah, I think uh, yeah, Todd Crawford and Don Murphy had some yeah, motivational speaking. Motivation. Yeah, yeah, because you were not going to weaken. Well, yeah. it's got to remind you of Mick saying, "Hey, Rocky, catch that chicken." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that's figure it. out how to cut the corner off. Oh, baby. yeah, that's exactly you it. Better... Yeah, and when you weigh sixty pounds, and <laughs> yeah, just throw him down if he mm-hmm. tries to run over you. Yeah. <laughs> not yeah so that uh, that makes sense i can see that a lot so flat country there where you were in Kansas. no so we were east of all that so it was real kind of rocky and real hilly and lots of brush and trees and so everything that wasn't farmed was pasture so like it was some small like 40 acres was a big pasture back there or 80 acres mm. But, I mean, it was brush, like plum thickets and all that. And so that's where we had to go get those cattle out of. So, like, a lot of times you might have to get on your hands and knees and go into this brush and knock these cows out so that somebody could try to get them roped. Get a rope on them, mm-hmm. yeah. And Small like, clearings. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you only had, I mean, shoot, 100 yards, if that, a lot of times to get them caught. And then same thing, we never... We never dallied really. We always I learned how to rope tied on hard and fast just mm. so, just so if you, you caught them. them. Yeah, you had them. And the wonderful horses we were riding, they didn't even know the <laughs> cattle were in the pasture. So, <laughs> so a lot of times the benefits being tied on is you can use both hands. To yes, point hey, them hey, at the cow, or you just jump off and or leave. said, "Best of luck, buddy." <laughs> Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll track you, you yeah, down. Mm-hmm. When you guys yeah. wrap around a tree, we'll come and sort, yeah, sort it so, out. Like I say, they weren't tied to a cow real good, so you had to tie them to Literally. a cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've tore saddles off. I mean, yeah. everything, yeah. And so, and of course, the reason you got to do that is because the farmers, those cattle were the ones they couldn't get. They didn't have yep. any way to get them. Mm-mm. And you can make them wild if you wanted, Cause yeah, because they were already wild, so... Go at it. Yeah, horses are entered. 
Yeah. <laughs> couldn't shoot him with a tranquilizer gun because it was too brushy. So Right. Yeah, no, there was... And yeah. then you'd still have to drag them out even if you did. Mm-hmm. Still got to get yeah. them out. Yep, no, that's it. And, like, the ditches and everything were so deep around there. A lot of times you couldn't get trucks and trailers where you needed to get them pulled in. And, and we didn't have any half tops back there because they, most of them cattle would just jump out. Mm. And so, like, you'd have to rope them with a second rope and wrap it to the trailer. And then you'd kind of inch them in there a little yep. by little. Well, that's where the day, I mean, when you're riding these wonderful <laughs> horses... <laughs> Like, I remember one day I had one roped, and we had it roped second, a foot, and then wrapped it in the trailer. About that time, my horse checks out. I'm like, best of luck, buddy. I'm out. I just jump <laughs> off, and it hits the end of this rope. I've got, like, a 1,200-pound cow roped, so it's tied to my horse, and it's tied to the trailer, and this horse takes off, like, <laughs> wide open. And it hits the end, and it rips both D-rings out, pulls in, and splits the breast collar in half and just shucks that saddle plumb off the back of that horse. <laughs> they say it lifted that cow like three foot off the ground when it all hit. <laughs> but I think we had like three of them to rope that day. Well, then I was... You're out luck. Without any gear. I was about, Yeah, so I was riding bareback the rest of the day, to, and I was pushing <laughs> stuff out of the brush on this <laughs> fine animal. <laughs> You're the bird dog. Yep. Yeah, so, yeah, that was... Plenty exciting. So then is the rope long enough that the cow with the saddle tied to it can get to the truck mm. after the horse So it, they didn't, luckily the one, it had the second rope from the cow to the trailer was still, they still had just a little bit left. So it was still attached to oh, the trailer. Safety first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah safety exactly. First. Yeah. <laughs> so you got uh, brothers and sisters? I do. Yeah, I got a brother and a sister. Yep. How old are they? Uh, my brother's probably 30, and my sister's 28, maybe, something like that. And you're, I mean, in comparison to you, how old are you then? So, 36. So, they're, yeah. they're quite a bit. You're the oldest. Yeah, I'm the oldest. Yep. Yep. You're the oldest. Yep. Okay. So, did you have them out there afoot gathering all No, they were a little smarter than me. They <laughs> never really took into this too much. <laughs> they just took a look and said, <laughs> Yeah, you're like, whoa. Mm, yeah, no thanks. That's a, mm-hmm. They say, uh, Will Rogers said, there's those that learn from watching, those that learn from uh, reading, and those that have to pee on the electric fence themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that'll learn you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and yeah, it some, wasn't. And then some guys just keep being on it. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, I haven't got any smarter. <laughs> yeah, all right, so, and your dad and your uncle have the cabinet shop mm-hmm. all the way still? Yep, they still own it. Yep, yep, they still own I mean, it's a pretty good-sized cabinet shop. They employ, I don't know how many people, and ship cabinets all over the country. My dad kind of got out of it a little bit and retired, but my uncle's still running it real strong. And Did you... um uh, work in there so oh yeah yep. yeah i hate wood and <laughs> sawdust and yeah hey, he does a darn good job though i've uh i've had some saddle racks that he built when i was leasing robbie boyce's place they were they were top of the line saddle racks nice handcrafted. he's always mm. got that to fall back on mm-hmm. he's got that to fall back you know on. yeah like if his bodybuilding career kind of hits the skids or something <laughs> after the yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 my modeling career doesn't yeah, work out at hand least modeling can, yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so it's good to have a, a broad portfolio. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Diversity. Yeah. Diversity is key. So knew you weren't going to do that early on. Yeah. The no. Woodworking. Yeah, I didn't. Like I say, it didn't never hook did. To it. Didn't hook. And then I worked in. Like I say, I'd help build a lot of stuff after school. 
growing up in the welding shop form, like racks and duct work and stuff like that. And so I learned how to weld and, and do all that stuff, which came in real handy. And I do enjoy doing that. Like I say, that's mm-hmm. what I usually do on my, like today's, we're not working horses or whatever. We'll go fence and, and weld and build stuff. And, and like I say, that's pretty fun. Much bit. Have you messed with building bits? Uh, just a little bit. Like same thing that in Hatton really, I, I mean, I didn't really feel like that was my I can interject a little here. Matt is a heck of a welder and a builder. I don't know that intricateness in his welding. That's how I was going. Yeah, no. Not a lot of measuring goes on. It's Mm -hmm. like what's, yeah. There's framers and there's cabinet builders. There's pipeliners and there's jewelers. (laughs) Function over, yeah, Yeah, form for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The term tactician comes to mind when I think of Matt Cook. Yeah, Yeah, Chris got to help build some gates this summer. (laughs) Up a level Mm -hmm. on that end. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. Yeah, looks good. Yeah. (laughs) First time I run a cow into it, it's going to change anyway, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Preloaded a little. Yeah. So so head off to college. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, got any idea what you're doing no. when you go there? Or no, not just a clue. Going I to just saw I seen an ad in Western Horsemen that you could go to college and go learn how to train horses. So that's kind of the only reason I wasn't even planning on going to college. So like at the end of high school, I leased a farm, and that's just kind of what I figured I'd do is just farm and and ride some colts in the off season, and that was it. And so then went to Lamar and was kind of introduced to this whole world, and that's how it started. What were you farming? Oh, we had mostly just crop, I mean, row crop, beans and milo and some mm. corn. And mm-hmm, so. and uh, not even really thinking about running cattle. No, I mean, farming. just a little bit more of the farming and then just run a few calves and then like some trader horses and stuff I'd have turned out on stocks and, and stuff like that. But that was it. Did your horse riding, was it all outside mm-hmm. when you were young? No indoors <clears throat> yep. or nothing? Yep, no indoors. Nope. Back when you weren't. A sissy like yeah, Exactly. Where you can go to that wall and flip that switch on and <laughs> turn that heat on. <laughs> Gotta love that switch. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we got to college doing a little saddle bronc riding. Side we're not doing that. Go to Lloyd's. Mm-hmm. Get to riding some Colts. And then what? Um, so while I was at Lloyd's, I met um, Jamie Snyder was working there at that time. And his dad, Larry, had a ranch north north of Lloyd's about 45 minutes when I got done with my internship at Lloyd's I went and worked for Larry and ran he ran about three between three and five hundred head of yearlings every summer and then just kind of helped be a ranch hand there in a take care of cattle and in in the winters I would Lloyd would send all his colts up and I'd start them all in the winter time and then in the spring we'd get yearlings in and that's what I did all spring and summer and I think I did that for three or four years so that was kind of another I mean shoot I'd start almost 100 head of colts every year between Lloyd's and then a bunch of outside horses. And you, um, up there, when you, are you, you keep, how long are you keeping them colts? So between 30 and 60 days. I mean, they, like Lloyd and them guys, they just wanted them gentle enough and kind of started on a flag where they could just go right to riding them, where they just saddle them up and go to work. So I'd go get, oh, between 6 and 10 every month or whatever and just rotate them through there and then just hand them off, and like the ones that didn't want to get gentle or were a little tougher, I'd just keep those until they were they were ready for them. And then same thing, I would trade a bunch of horses too, so I always had some older horses around to go do the ranch work on and doctored a lot of yearlings by myself and, and stuff like that. How much exposure did you get to the 
actual cutting industry there while you were at Lloyd's? I think I worked one non-pro horse one time. Oh, no kidding. Yep, and that was it, yep. That was something I've always kind of wondered is what, what made you gravitate more to the cow horse. Like when you were in that scenario, you know, and you were, you know, super involved there in the cutting with Lloyd and why that you didn't venture that direction more. Because I was a crash dummy, more or gotcha. less. And, yeah, gotcha. like, my only job was to ride Bronx and, yeah. That was your skill. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, that your was Your value. It. Mm-hmm, that's it. So, and I didn't really have much desire i don't think to show or anything like that i mean it i just thought riding colts was good and and then and i was having a pretty good time cowboying and all that stuff and so heck i never thought i'd ever be showing mm-hmm. and have you seen the cow horse yet and uh, no no i think the first time i'd ever even seen a horse turn around was lloyd's horseshoer russell speaker was he was kind of showing some cow horses in the non-pro deal and he come out one day and got on one of my using geldings and got to piddling with him and made him spin there in the alley. And I was like, holy cow, that's kind of cool. And then good run and stop and stuff like that. And I bet I'd seen some video, but not enough to know. I'd seen some of the California style, and I thought that was a way better deal than what I grew up doing. So I kind of started packing a longer rope and got a wade saddle. And, and that's kind of how I got that style is it just seemed it fit better what I was doing than the tied on hard and fast and because I was riding so many colts and green horses and having to do a job and it, it just seemed easier on those on those horses and the cattle and not so risky mm-hmm. yep um <clears throat> so your style for starting the colts how did you come up with that through trial and error really and then like going through college they kind of helped yeah I mean kind of threw some stuff in there and then uh there was a guy at Lloyd's, Randall Cameron, that started all his cults that I learned a lot from there, too. And so it's just kind of pick and choosing what was, I mean, for me, it's whatever's the most efficient. So, like, we cut a few corners and stuff like that, and they may not be as gentle as some people would want them before we put that first ride on them. But doing it the way I've always done it, it's just you kind of learn how to get around them. And by the end of 30 days, they're gentle. They may not be the first time you get on them, but... 30 or 60 days in, they kind of settle down. Wear down, yeah. Yeah, so, you just kind of get on and go So how it. did you do it at first? So at first, like back in Kansas, it was, I had a series of books. I don't know, even though when they were made, in the 40s or 50s maybe, Professor Barry's Horse Training and something or other. And I read through them, and I was like, all right, got it. Got it. <laughs> Enter up. I got bucked off a lot. <laughs> The ones that I couldn't ride, I'd called the neighbor who was a big dairyman, and he'd come over and snub me a foot. Oh, nice. So, oh, yeah. So I'd get on these, and these things are like four- and five-year-olds. I mean, they were not good horses at all. And so you'd get hunkered down in the middle, and the neighbor, he'd hook it around his waist or whatever, and these <laughs> things would go to bucket, and he'd kind of hold on and then turn you loose, and away you go. And um, so what, at that yeah. time, in a pretty open lot or a No, I did, I did build a 50-foot round pin because I'd seen that in a magazine it's or the something. beneficial benefits mm-hmm. of being able to weld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got so, that going yeah, for you. Yeah, so I had that going. So, yeah, so that was kind of the first start, and then I've just honed that wonderful skill. <laughs> like I say, when showing up to Lloyd's and having that many to start, it just gave you, like, what I learned at college, what they showed us there. I mean, a little bit around pin work and then just get on more or less and go get them freed up. And so I practiced that a lot at Lloyd's. I mean, 
I might have only rode them twice in that round pin and opened the door and out yeah. to the big country we went. And that seemed to be the fastest, most efficient way. And so, like, when I started out on my own riding all those Colts for Lloyds and those outside horses, well, the number one game is how many can you get rode in a day because that's how you make the most money. So, like I say, it might have been a little more Western than it probably should have been, but you could ride through a pile of them by just crawling on, open the gate, and away you go. Let's go. And so what were you starting out in there? Uh, halter, hackamore, yeah, snaffle? Uh, shoot, I've tried every way you could imagine. And so, like, I think back then I might have rode them the first day in a halter and then put a snaffle on them. Um, just made sure you had a little bend each way so you had a little bit of direction away you went hobbled them to saddle and and stuff mm. like that yep a lot of snap uh sacking out or just get the saddle on. you just get the saddle yeah. on yeah no they'll get gentle eventually especially when <laughs> the funnest part's riding anyways yeah that's so. it yeah exactly <laughs> i mean because i've had it where my pins were too muddy like where i was starting them and stuff and so i've just taken them and would snub them up on a big flat or just pony them into a big flat and then i would hobble that horse I ponied them out there on and just get on them colts on a big old flat and it'd be three quarters of a mile to a fence or a canyon or whatever away you'd go and that was probably the fastest most efficient way mm-hmm. but it was a titch wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they can run mucho fast with no fences to <laughs> slow them down but they'd always if they got real scared they'd always come back to that snubbing horse it seemed like eventually I mean yeah. it may take you a while but they'd make it back there when there's nothing to hit, it really, it, it's it's not so bad, mm. you know? Yeah, as long as you don't see, like, a five-wire fence coming or mm. something like that, it wasn't bad. Like, the, running off in the canyons and stuff, that was a little, but, yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, they'd try to save their life. The ones that didn't, well. Just stay above the saddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if, if they go down, don't have a foot in the stirrup, mm. just stay above yeah. the saddle, mm-hmm. hit and roll, get back yeah. on if Yeah, you, you can. get really good at hitting the eject button. Yes, Getting yeah. out of there. Yeah. Just don't be hung. Yes. Yeah. You, you can't get hurt if you don't get hung That's and they don't land on you. It just, it's not that big a deal. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Once you get over the initial panic. <laughs> yeah. You just can't show your fear. No. That, Cause they can feel it mm-hmm. and that's not fair to them. No, no, exactly. <laughs> They've got enough fear. They don't need yeah, yours too. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be the adult. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed <laughs> huh? to be guiding them. Yeah, you're the Show genius. Them that, the way. Genius that left the woodshop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had all figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we're riding some outside horses for Lloyd. Got the got the yearlings in the uh, uh, probably keeping a few horses over for the yearlings. What mm-hmm. your trading horses? Yeah, my or? trading horses, which I think I'd almost been better off using Colts most of the time because them trader horses were not so good. Yeah, that but, got they got a few hang up buttons. Yeah, yeah, they? there's a reason they were at the sale barn for cheap. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't they weren't all there because of a divorce. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. So Yeah, so you learn to get around some yeah, stuff that you hope that not very many people have to learn to get around. Uh did you go back to the trader barn with many or did you sell most of them outside? Uh most of them outside. I mean, the ones that you didn't really want to sell to anybody to have come back, I'd just yeah. take them back and let the next poor fella figure it out. <laughs> let the let next that wise guy. Somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I got hog all the education. Yeah, yeah, I got the. Yeah, I went ahead and got the education yeah. there. So, <laughs> so then uh, where do we go from there? 
So from there, I went, I worked there for, like I say, three or four years. And then I loaded all my stuff and moved to California to live with a buddy that was shooing horses out there. And it happened to be about 15 minutes from Don Brown up in Northern California. So we found a, so I was moved in with that buddy, found a little barn to lease right there, and then started riding some outside colts along with helping shoe. So like on the weekends, we'd go shoe, shoot 18, 20 heads, something like that. And then during the week, I had 10 or 12 colts to ride. Well, I say colts, I think I was out there for seven or eight months, and I think I started one two-year-old. Everything <laughs> else was five. I think the oldest one was 12 that I started. <laughs> but they packed him a few times. <laughs> oh, my God. Those, that's It is such a different world with strong starting strong horses. Oh, man, like half drafts. I yeah. mean, everything, like... The, yeah, they can, you're with them. Mm. You're just with them. Yeah, it's not. I'm gonna this. I'm gonna that. It's like, no. hey, would you let me? Yeah, would you please? Well, then that's what you start. Like, I think at one time I had that 12 year old, and then I had that half draft, and I think I had to start one or the other, and I had an eight year old Mustang, so I had oh. to start. I think the 12 year old, so I had something big enough to snub them other horses with, because my <laughs> my few little ranch horses I brought were not near strong enough for just those. weights yeah they were just weights. yeah that's it it kind of slowed them down <laughs> they like, were kind of like your dairyman snubbing you yes mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> when this horse runs off with my snubbing horse <laughs> it might, they might get tangled yeah. up in his feet and <laughs> slow yeah. him down i may have it's a chance build, build in confidence gotta be careful how much confidence you let them horses build right there <laughs> I don't think it pull anything. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm out there. I think I was there for a year, somewhere around there. And right there, towards the end, Don Brown he showed up and introduced himself and was started coming around and harassing everybody around there like Don Brown does. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Captain then, Powder Puff. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> so that was kind of my first introduction of the cow horse world was him. Then he. He's like, all right, so you need to, you probably need to get out of Siskiyou County out here and go work for somebody. I'm like, yes, sir. So he gives me some numbers to call and some guys, and that's when I called Robbie Boyce and, and met Robbie. And so I called him and said, hey, I think it was like May or June or something like that. I said, I got to finish some Colts up out here. I get them done. I mean, he's like, yeah, come on whenever. And I said, all right, I'll be down in July or August or something like that. So I go down there to Robbie's and Work for him. And he was in Jacksboro. He was time. in Jacksboro. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think I worked for Robbie for eight months, a year, or something like that. That's when like we that. met. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's when we met. Yeah. Oh, I guess I was still at Carroll's. I still at Carroll's. I think so. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, six, maybe? Yeah, somewhere out right there. Seven. <clears throat> yep. So I went to Robbie's. Same thing, just rode Colts for him. Kind of seen some of the stuff. Same thing. I don't really remember much about the horse training deal. Just. I say I just rode the Colts I was assigned to and helped out around there and met those guys and then I built had saddle racks built saddle racks yeah and then um from Robbie's one winter I can't remember how it worked I had some horses somehow I, when I was in Colorado I went and bought some yearlings from Haythorns at their sale and then they were eligible for they have a little futurity up there and so I had those horses at Robbie's and so when that futurity came about I hauled those Colts up to Haythorns and showed them and and they, Craig offered me a job when I was up there anytime I wanted it. And so come springtime, I left Robbie's and, and went up to Haythorn's. 
So is that your first show? I may have showed at some little ranch horse stuff, I think. Mm. Yep. Like when I was at Robbie's, I think I went to some ranch horse deals and stuff like that. I had never shown in the cow horse yet. When you went to Haythorns, was it as a colt starter, a trainer? I mean, what? I wasn't really sure what it was. So I know. <laughs> job. It, <laughs> it was, was a, a job. job. And it looked cool up there. And like I say, heck, get to go cowboy with a good crew. Let's go try it. Heck, it was, I'd been someplace, I'd been at Robbie's for eight months. It was time to go see some other country. <laughs> Damn gypsies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Saddle tramp. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, throw your bedroll in and two horses and north I went. And it was starting to get hot in Texas. I was like, mm. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I think that's when we started running into each other. Like, I was coming up there. I'd left Carol's. I'd been fired. And so, I was... <laughs> Venturing all around the country to find horse shows to go to, and I think that's when we kind of started hanging mm-hmm. out. It was up there at McCook. Yeah, yep, yeah. So I had, I think I had one or two personal horses that I was trying to show then, and then I had some ranch geldings that I was just kind of riding around for Haythorns, and so I'd go to them. They'd let me go to them little shows, and I'd kind of, I didn't, I'd pay kind of my own way, and so you got real smart on the classes you entered and how much money you could spend. And shoot, I would just take a bedroll and sleep on the back of the pickup, or crash in somebody's hotel room or or whatever yep and so what hooked you i think it was just the people a lot and that and it was like to me the cow horse deal is just like souped up ranch horses i mean you can go use them and then take them on the weekends and go show them and it seems like it went together and so and like i say I, the people were real inviting and, and it was just a lot of fun so when did you start heading towards say fraternities or the bigger bigger event oh nine i think i probably went no it'd been 2010 because i blue blood was an 08 model and so i went out to the snaffle bit faturity and watched it for the first time in 09 i think was first time and the second time i seen it was 2010 and that's when i bought sdp blue blood Mm. it was just i went out there i sold some ranch geldings that fall for pretty good money and so i had some money to spend so I went out there and was just watching the sales and this giant roan. He outbid me on that horse. That's what you get for being yeah. a tight wife. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Broke. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I sold that gelding for 12000 and I think I got blue blood bought for ten at the oh. two-year-old sale. Making money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, well, shoot, if he don't make a stud, because Haythorn said they'd kind of partner with me if I found something I liked. I said, well, if he doesn't make a stud or whatever, we can geld him and get our money back selling yeah. this ranch gelding. Well, heck, I didn't know what the heck I had. I mean, so I get him bought, drag him back home. And then, like in the winters, Craig was real good about letting me go to Darren Miller's in the wintertime and kind of go get some help from Darren. And so that's when I had Blue Blood and all that kind of, and that's when I met Brianna was during that time. And So, yeah, that was, he was kind of my first, real first maturity horse. Mm. Showed him just level one, right? Yep, just in level one. So, we, yeah. Matt hits lots of demographic points. He's come through the level one. He's come to the ranching program. Just yeah. at level one, too. Didn't even interrupt. interrupt. Would you, no. What would you have made? Would you have made the finals? Would you have made the open? I'd have made, one? not the open. I think I'd have just barely missed him, but I'd have made the intermediate, the limited. I mean, I'd have made all the other. Right. That was, was that the first? That might have been the first year we had the level one. Fraternity. It was. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nope. That's it. Yeah. So, but heck, I had, I mean, I was paying my way. On cowboy wages, there was no mm. way I could have spent money to enter the open or any of that. So I had to just, I took one, I took him and one other one, I think, for the level one faturity. And I owned him, and Haythorns owned the other one. And then I showed, 
I think two in the limited open Hackmore, the big blue roan horse, Athorn's own, and I owned a, a gelding above the best Tonino that I showed. And so that same year I won the level one in the Futurity on Blue Blood, I won the limited Hackmore on the gelding of mine too. And that was kind of my first real hit at the horse shows. That was everybody was like, who is this kid with the rope tied on? Were you showing in a wade saddle? Too? No wades, no but wade. I had ropes and rope, tie strings oh yeah. and hobbles. And Yeah, I think we're, shoot, I think you win the world before you took your rope off. Yeah. Yeah. When my wife started saddling horses and she's like, you don't need all this crap on here. <laughs> Let's lighten this up. Yeah, exactly. For yeah. God's sake. That's so true. When you get to saddling a lot of them, you yeah. start. Yeah, all that other stuff just, yeah. Now I just got it hanging all over and gates and fences. So when you need it, you just trot <laughs> over it and go grab it. I know. I stripped the breast collars and everything yeah. off there for a while when I was really going. Like the lightest saddle I can find because mm-hmm. we're trying to do a lot. My <laughs> wife does that all the time, takes my breast collars off and stuff on two-year-old saddles. I hate it because I'm not nearly as agile. Work yeah. on your posture. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Equitation. Like, where in the heck are my breast collars at? Please. Is the saddle uh, horn supposed to be over here out of the shoulder, sticking straight out from the shoulder? I don't know how many shirts I've, how many uh, pockets I've ripped off shirts hanging that saddle horn on my shirt when it comes halfway over. Uh, how about the, from the beginning with all those horses? that are just horses and older horses and then getting into the blood the different bloodlines what a what a difference you saw yeah they were just like riding stuff now that wants to get along and like just naturally goes with the cow you don't i mean a lot of them horses in the past i mean they had some cow in there but not any desire to really do it so you had to do it all yourself well now when you have those horses that want to help you and then you can help them. It just sure makes things a lot simpler. What did you take from, you know, when you were young, kind of have to defend yourself with all of them? And then you move to the better horses and you have to start letting them do it. But what do you hold on to from the beginning? So I think just being able to go do a job with whatever you're riding or whatever situation arises. I mean, like Cowboy and Haythorns, like I had like the horses I went and showed, but I also took the rough string just because I didn't want them other cowboys to be able to talk crap that I always just had the nice horses, you know? So, like, I had some not nice horses, like stuff that would try to kill you and uh-huh. cow kick you and paw you and buck you down whenever during the day. And, and like I said, but, like, I, even those horses kind of just taught you how to, what was actually necessary and that you needed in your training program and what was just kind of a bonus, you know? I mean, as long as they go where you pulled them, you could perform any job. I mean, it didn't really matter. You're kind of the cowiest one <clears throat> in yeah. the equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just as long as you read the yeah. situation, could beat the equa- I mean, beat the situation, stay one step ahead of that cow or whatever. You could keep them the herd from getting out or dragging a cat or roping the last calf or something like that. Yeah. It's a lot better than being a foot. Yes. Yeah. Well, some days. Some days. Some days. <laughs> now yeah, some and then. days. Yeah. Now and then. There had been days I thought about tying my horse to the fence and working a foot. Yeah, I think it would just go do it. Mm-hmm. Would have been easier. <laughs> just worry about me for a minute. I was on a two-year-old one time and I couldn't get the. Wouldn't didn't like the rope very much. I had to get off. I I got off, put the cow in the lane, and dogged it as it yeah. came by me, mm-hmm. and we doctored yeah. it. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. I'm ashamed to say it was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> 
the truth is he just missed 38 mm-hmm. times. In yeah. Life. Yeah. His arm gave out. Got tired of my wife laughing at me. Yeah. <laughs> Caught the post behind him. And- uh, you have any uh, close calls with being maimed and not being able to do this anymore? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lots. Yeah. Probably the worst one was at Haythorns. And we were Brandon. I had this horse, and he was five. And I'd started him when he was two, but you'd only use him like spring works and fall works because he was not really that enjoyable to be around. And we called him the Antichrist. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, when you loaded him to go somewhere, like them, cow- them other cowboys would make me go in the trailer to get him out before they'd go in there because, I mean, he'd hunt you down. And we just kept thinking, well, he's going to get better eventually. Well, I don't think he did, but... So we're in the Brandon pen, and I had to ride him in a hackamore all the time because if you put a bridle on him, he'd get mad and try to paw it off. But you could survive in this hackamore to some extent. So, so we're in the crowd, and the last calf's in there. And I'm, it's always a, like, all right, I'm going to get him, you know. Yeah. And so this calf comes running by, and I reach out there, and I rope him by the neck, and I dally. And about that time, I try to turn old Roni with that calf, and he just takes a hackamore, and he spins the other way. So I pop my dallies and kind of pitch my rope. But when I pitch it, somehow them coils went over my right foot mm. and then bounced back up onto my horn. Lucky. Yeah, it was, it was a great shot. <laughs> Wow. So I've got this calf roped, and when everything comes tight, it takes my right foot and ties it to my saddle horn and flips my head in between his hooves down there. Oh. This is on the Antichrist. Yeah, this is on the Antichrist. Oh. And he's already been trying to kill me for three years anyway. Right. So he's now got he's got me. a real he's shot. He's got me. A I'm real like, shot. <laughs> well, I'm done. So I curl up on the side, and I cover my head with my hands, just waiting to get knocked out, you know, and see what happens. And he's pawing, and, like, I'm losing skin off my knuckles and this and that. Well, they get the calf cut free. Well, that turns the calf loose, but I'm still tied to him because it's half-hitched all sorts on the saddle horn. And these cowboys finally get bailed on him and get him snubbed yeah, down. cowboys saved the cow first. Yeah, yeah, they saved Lucky. the cow. Yeah, Lucky. exactly. Cow, <laughs> cow hands come around. Yeah, they're... All the time, no big deal. Re- hey, but that calf it will bring something uh-huh. per pound. Yeah, he weighs like eighty pounds. No. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, so they finally get jumped on him, jumped on his head, and they had to cut it like my rope off the saddle horn. And I come free, and and he was never down. He's standing up, getting a real shot at mm-hmm. you. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I never got knocked out, no nothing. And I think I still like when they got it all short, everything cleaned up. They hand my rope back, and it was about. Half, I mean, it was probably 30 foot long now. And heck, I went and out to the pasture and roped the calf and brought him back on that same sorry son of a gun. And, You're not getting yeah. out of work that Mm-mm, easy. No, <laughs> we still got to go, bud. Come yeah. on. <laughs> but yeah, that was probably the closest I've been to dying, anyways, horseback. Mm. Mm. Don't lay around getting a suntan. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. moments, man, uh, they just. And, like, it was in in slow motion. Like, I'm telling him, like, I'm talking to him. Like, hey, you guys can cut my rope and get me free at any time here. And them guys are like, we are trying. but We're doing it. He is kicking and pawing and bucking. That's a bad individual. We don't want to touch him. Mm, No, they didn't want to touch him when he was just tied to the fence. Why'd you get yourself in that mess? Yeah, that's it. Yes. You got your foot tied to your horn. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know how and exactly. It, was it still in the stirrup? Mm-hmm. Mm. 
Yeah. Just lucky. Yeah, I don't, like, say how I survived. And, and like, they were letting cows and calves out because they were branded. And, like, say it was down to the last one. So there was gates open to the pasture and oh. everything else. Like, it should have finished me off. Should have been the end. Mm-hmm. Should have yeah. been the end. But, yeah, no, but it wasn't. Got pretty lucky that day. <laughs> I bet it didn't feel lucky. When no, you were so, under there. so that was like on a Thursday, and then the next day we had to leave for Lusk, Wyoming, to go to a WRCA ranch rodeo. And so I was riding Bronx for them too, at the rodeos. And Harry Vold just happened to have the Bronx that weekend up there. Oh, lucky it was again. Mm, it was real good luck. And I, I draw this thing that two jumps me and lawn darts my butt. Like, <laughs> I can't even move. And then I get mauled in the cow milk in, and I'm like, this week is terrible. <laughs> Could we just stop? Yeah, I am done. <laughs> this whole cowboy life is a terrible idea. <laughs> Cowboy life, life for me. Yeah. So what you're saying is you uh, get real nervous when you go in the show pen. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. Yeah, exactly. There's a, yeah. Of, there's a lot of bad that can happen. Yeah. I mean, now that you don't carry a rope, you don't even have that to get yeah. tangled up mm. with. Yeah. No, that's what I say. It's there's pretty well free roll. <laughs> pretty much no way to get hurt now. They got yeah. the gates shut. Gates are shut. Ground soft. Right. I mean, heck. <laughs> So, have you had any wrecks in the show pen? Yeah, I think I wrecked Blue Blood when he was a four-year-old at San Angelo. It had been right after, yeah, because I won a level one that fall. 2012. And then, yep, yeah. and then the next year, I went to San Angelo and was going down the fence and went to switch. I was got both fence turns good and was circling, and I went to switch, and about that time, that cow just darted right in front of me. I switched at the wrong time. The cow was headed back Dang towards it. the out gate. <laughs> Lesson learned there. Don't switch when the cow is pointed at the out gate because they're going to go. Quick, quick learner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, I mean, I T-bone this thing. I So when I hit, like, we're going fast, if that surprises you. Shocking. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, I it hits. Well, I see it coming. Like, he goes down in the front end. So I just hit the eject button and shoot over his neck. And when I look over, poor, poor Blue Blood is rolling over top of this calf. And, <laughs> He gets up. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, and he's like, thanks. Now what are we going to do? Yeah. Just no big deal. Didn't phase phase him a bit. It's like he'd been in bad situations before. I've seen this show. Yeah, 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 but knock on wood, that's about the only time it's... Really? mm Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. You got it all out of your system early. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Have you ever hung up and drug? Lots. In a stirrup? Yes, lots. Mm. Yeah, I thought them oxbows were the way to go for a while. Those are not for me. Yeah. <laughs> More of a Monel man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to get free. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, out in the pasture, yeah, step in a hole, and they roll over you and hang a foot and drag you, or in the arena, ah, like, colt throw themselves. That's such a terrible feeling when you oh. feel it coming mm-hmm. around you, and you just feel yourself start going. Yeah. It's like, I wish my foot was not in that stirrup yeah, right now. that's it. And you're like, there's a 50-50 chance it may come out. Mm. And then when it doesn't, you're like scraping and clawing, <laughs> and I mean anything, anything. <laughs> then you feel them step on your back, and that's what pulls you out. And you're like, "Oh, thanks Thank for stepping God. on me." <laughs> that was lucky. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I got a broken rib, but I'm okay. Could have been so much worse. Uh-huh. I hate the thought of dragging. Uh-huh. And them cow kicking down on yes, you. Yes, right. At the same time. They're above your knee. That, oh. Yeah. 
I hate that. Or when you crash them in like to a, in a sticker patch. That <laughs> that was always the worst too. <laughs> I th- oh, yeah. One, one time I'm gonna, I've got this knot head like the ones that pod the heads all off, and so I'm going down the fence in front of my house. It's just a fence. There's no cow or nothing. I'm just going down it, and I'm gonna turn him into it. He's not great with his right turn, so he bows up on me. So I bow up and think, oh, really? I'm going to show you because there's a corner coming up, and I'm not giving. You're going to eat it, or you're going to turn. He jumps. It's not a very high fence. He jumps, and he just clips his legs on the top rail. And when we land, it in, so in the air, it flips him, and I come out, and now when we hit on the side of a hill with his back down, I'm straddled him. But I'm straddled his belly. Oh. And he's a horrible oh. pot licker. He's horrible. And my leg is stuck under him. Mm. And, and he will kick you. He's terrible to kick you. So I, I've got, I'm straddled his belly and I get up in his flank as far as I can. So the legs are he- coming, pawing behind me, but he can't get up because he's downhill. <laughs> but we are in the biggest goat head patch. Of, oh, I hate oh, those things. And he's just yeah, grinding me. And just breaking them off. And oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Like I had a brand new Windstopper jacket on one day. And like it's going to be a real good collector of goat heads. And this colt, I'm holding a cow or something. He just trips and falls down. And I mean, rolls over top of me. And I mean, <laughs> I've got them everywhere. And it looked like I'd been drugged for three miles when I got up. And I make it back to the herd, and them guys are like, what happened? I was like, he tripped in a hole. What have you been doing? Yeah. <laughs> Goat yeah. heads. Oh, they'll ruin your day. And foxtails. Mm. Oh, I have one buck me off. And the, when they're, you know, when they're just dry, that they're just, they're just, they'll blow off yeah. almost. No, I was doing what you said with the, we were loading a cow, and this pot liquor goes to bucking. And he wraps me in the, he starts bucking and spins uh, left. So he gets me wrapped up and I'm having trouble getting my rope off and he can buck. He's a little too strong. I finally, he just thumps me down in the foxtails and they get in my clothes, like you said, and we get the cow loaded, but we got to go all day. And those nasty little foxtails, they're just work all day. They're working in. I finally just cut my underwear off and threw them away because they're so full of them. I couldn't take it no more. <laughs> I hate stickers. Like, oh. Commando style. Yeah. Mm. What you have to watch in this country, there's a fair bit of cactus. You get here and get mm-hmm. west towards Graham, a lot of cactus. But then you have a they call jumping cactus. Oh. Jumping cactus is like cactus but on speed. And there's like these little caterpillars with barbs on them. And they come loose when your horse hits them, and they will hang, like, right in their flank. And, mister, it will motivate you to ride well. <laughs> we were hunting. Uh, they had some cows get loose, and Graham had a cutting one day, like, 75 head of cows. Oh. Blew the gates open at Graham. And my friends put this show on. My old neighbors there from Jacksboro, the golf ones, put this show on. They're like, hey, uh, so we've been hunting these cows for a couple of days, but we've got them, like, couple got maybe killed on the road mm. and they got them all accounted for but uh, two can't find wreck. can't find two cows so mama d she says uh i says well what do we need she says well we really need to find these two cows i'm like all right so i showed in the cutting or whatever i come home 
and uh, get a using horse. And by using horse, it's the colt that uh, Sarah had started at Road to the Horse. And, and so it come from the sixes. I'm like, he knows about he knows. some of this rough yeah. stuff. It'll be all right. And he's not very broke. All right. I mean, she got through the obstacle course. Right. And, but now we're a few months later. And so I chuck a bridle on him and jump him in the trailer and head to Graham and drive around and find these two cows on this government pasture. And I get pulled in here and it is solid cactus. I'm talking like you can't hardly walk without mm. cactus. This horse is not quite over bucking yet. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and he catches one of these jumping cacti, and these things are brushed up. And, I mean, I can't even pick my rope up. I mean, we're in the brush, and, I mean, it's all I can do just to find them, much less you're not getting them captured. You're, like, you're just trying to keep an eye on them until somebody shows up with some dogs, and it will motivate you to ride. <laughs> Big time. He was a lot of animal. Like, he was a uh. three-year-old, and, yeah, it was very motivating. Like that, you saw that movie where they um, take the Mustangs. What, what's the name of that one? Oh, where they the, take the Mustang from Mexico to yeah, Canada? Unbranded. Unbra- I think Jerry something. Jones had something to do with that. Unbranded. Or, or, I can't remember, but it's, it's a Brianna has graced us with her presence. Beautiful. <laughs> the better half of the, the better half. Matt Cook. Everyone's got one. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when that guy goes to pull that cactus out of that horse's nose, oh, oh my Lord. That is awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when it, one gets into porcupines, that's not a good day to find one of those either. <laughs> I know that day I got back, I spent an hour pulling cactus thorns out of this horse's chest mm. and front legs and hind legs, and they were poked everywhere. Yeah. I mean, he, I tell you what, surprisingly, it was a pretty good desensitizing drill. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> not one you want to go through, but. No. <laughs> So back to your early days of horse showing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There we got a little sidetracked right I feel there. Like we're, uh, I feel like we're scared people off of the art <laughs> event, but uh, well, that's not part of the event. No, that, no I mean you it. know, right that's now it. we're safety. Yeah, safety first. There's easier ways to learn Perfect. this stuff. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt was always the guy that had his sawhorse out there and would be practicing his ranch roping shots, and so competitiveness level the competitiveness it's my level. speech therapist yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we'd all like shoot i can do that so we get to playing horse right well matt is the like the undisputed champion so i end up i had to bring in i had to bring in a ringer brought in a don ben willow to match him in the horse one day and i think that was the only time he ever got beat yeah that was me. that was not fair wow that's be- i'm glad that you would say something about that Guy like that because you know he was reserve champion <laughs> at the annual Tongue River Invitational Team Roping. Reserve champion. Who was the champion? Yours truly. Oh. Just because the lights went out. I still had five steers left to run. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, Got him. I think you went and did something with the electricity that night. <laughs> what? What? Chris is so old, he had to walk away. Uh, he's got a Charlie horse. <laughs> he eats more bananas. <laughs> Poor old guy. Uh, you know, he used to be able to just go and I go. Now, it's, it. now I just sit down for a little while, he ties up. <laughs> I say you never stop moving, you never grow old. Uh, <laughs> man. I, d- I did not. So he thought he won, but no. Uh, yeah. No. That was retallied. Was, was there nobody? A, was it just? Was this a heads up roping contest? 
So they say we yeah. do the clinic yeah. Yeah. and they're all hey, day we're long. Good. We're all working day. and in the sun and those to- guys are like, hey, we're gonna have a little roping tonight. I don't have a horse. I didn't bring a horse. And it sounds like you guys are on foot. <laughs> Yep. yep, the manager so, of Tongue River. Oh, for Pete's yeah. sake. Oh, I am that TJ. old. TJ says, oh, I got a horse for you. No yeah. problem. Yeah. No problem. Well, what, like, oh, they're really? like, well, what end do you want to rope? They yeah, what end do you want to yeah. rope? And it's not, it won't be long. Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah. be 20, 30 teams. It won't be a big deal. So, okay, we get in. They have a, they decide oh. the mass, last man to have a round robin. There's 180 teams or something it's, like that. It's insane. We start like, at 10. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, yeah, at night, yeah, yeah. So they bring him a head horse, and somehow I get a heel horse. And he's doing pretty good. So I get on my first, I go in on my first, my first run. I haven't been on forever. And you're thinking, a bunch of old roped out steers, you know, won't be a big deal. Uh -uh. They They motored. Like, this pin is at least 300 foot long, and there was a lot of them that did not even get thrown out. Unbelievable. Wasn't Crawford with you guys in this? Yes, yeah. but he didn't get in the rope. I think he went to bed. Loser. He's old. I know. He's not young, like vi- vibrant like us. So the first one, I nod, and I am left there in the box. We're hauling down there. I'm not going to get a shot. I blow my spoke right when I decide to chuck it, and I rope myself and two hind feet, and I'm heading. And this is as it goes in bragging and about winning, and you're the clinician, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, not not the roping not clinician. The no, right. No, I mean, no. no one Still. called me for that. Still. Still, it's terrible, and I'm thinking, what in the world was I thinking? Why did I even think this was a good idea? And this one's knocking them down in eight seconds, eight five, just killing it, and it won't even doesn't even want. To, I try to sit by him, he won't talk to me. Acts like we don't know each other. <laughs> sitting all by myself <laughs> luckily my second steer someone turned the eye off because i'm not going to be late this time and <laughs> rope him in seven killed yeah. all of his eight second mm. runs yeah thanks <laughs> that night he's like hey i think i won that because you know we quit after the one deal I'm like, oh, no, you didn't. No. And then he wouldn't believe me. I had to find my partner, Bullwhip, to make him believe that we had one in seven. Your partner's name was Bullwhip? Yeah, of yes. course I'm going to believe them. With somebody that comes up to me with the name of Bullwhip? Yes. Yeah, whatever, sir. Yeah, but you're the we, champion. But now he knows. We went back to the uh, video footage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful for me. Uh, oh the time sometimes i'll just randomly send him a text Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) reserve champion (laughs) what do you think this is a quarter horse world job yeah (laughs) anyhow Uh, i don't know how we got there but i love telling the story right now that's it that's the that's the beautiful thing about this deal i think i got i got one on that finally i finally beat him oh yeah yeah he let everybody know too yeah How did we get there? I don't know. Don't know. No, I where were we? As I mean, I, we were talking about Matt's roping prowess. Mm. Oh yeah, there you go. the yeah. horse champion, yeah. and he was—he's uh, right. been able to to uh, capitalize on his roping prowess with the AQHA Ranching Heritage events. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good source of income. Looks like, yeah, and fun. And like, fun. heck yeah, anytime mm. you get to rope one and you can make money doing it, heck yeah, game on. Yeah, and kind of get just ride them horses around. And, 
go have fun at these horse shows. It's, it's a yeah. win-win. That is exactly it. Just yep. don't tie yourself to the saddle horn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just be careful. <laughs> tie your foot to the saddle uh, horn. I don't know if I've ever had uh, heard anyone tying their own foot yeah, to the saddle horn. I would not recommend it. He's truly gifted. Truly gifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the closest yeah. thing I've got is I I was heading one and my healer missed and come back and anyway, not supposed to be a big deal. Ends up my horse spins back into the rope and wraps around us twice and starts bucking. And I'm like, same deal. Like, well, this is. So I always wondered how the last chapter was going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and this is it, apparently. So there I am, tied to this horse, both legs tied to the sides of my horse. Can't get and he's out. Bucking, and as it next, there's a steer on the end. So as he bucks, everything gets tighter, and his feet get drawn up. I see out of the corner of his eye. You know that self-preservation look. Yes. Like. I'm about to kill us both to get out of this wreck. Yeah. So I just, like, I don't know what I'm, I had like a moment of clarity. It was really weird. Same deal, slow motion. Like, all right, well, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to kick my coals and push out of the top of this deal and see if I can get myself get clear. Out. Because there's, I, I stayed there. Stubbornness has already got me into this wreck because <laughs> I was like, I can turn it. Surely I can stop him from turning left and turn around. If I try, all he's got to do is turn around to the right twice. And that we will can be, be fine. Out. Not happening. And so, push out of the top. I land about 10 feet away from this horse. I'm like, holy crap, it worked. It just saved my life. It's awesome. Mm. And that's when I uh, had the feeling that Russell was talking about a minute ago of the rope coming tight around your oh, leg. Yeah. Like, oh, no. Now, I'm on my belly getting drugged backwards. <laughs> the cow is right above my head. Like, I'm roped around my leg. This is a terrible predicament. My horse takes off, and I'm dragging across the arena. I roll over on my back, reach for my knife, which I've lost in the melee. <laughs> so got no knife, tied to the horse, dragging out on my butt, dragging across the arena. Grace of God, my f- boot comes off my foot. Not all the way off, just a little bit off my... How that worked, I don't know. No idea how I come clear. But like I say, luckily, that was probably mm. the worst wreck I've been in that didn't, uh, didn't in, in any injury. Yeah. yeah, no injury, and it's and it's usually it's always this. It was right before the world's greatest two years ago. Yeah, like I don't know. I try and get myself in a bubble this time of year. I always do stupid things this time of year. I, I think the best roping story is you is when you roped Justin Lawrence. Oh, that was when you were oh, trying to heal a that cow. Was awesome. Dude. <laughs> Justin so, Lawrence was a foot. <laughs> this is a wonderful story. And I may object here. We're a, Matt and I are both turning back at the Derby during the celebration of champions. And this has been several years ago. You were showing Blue, Blue Blood, Blood yep, first in the year. world's greatest yep. and turning back on him for the Derby the previous week. Yeah, and that's all I had for a turn. Can't get enough. No. No. Cal, we're cutting in the watt. Cal gets out of the arena and it's in the loping area. And I throw one loop at him in the loping pen and he shucks his head at it. And I miss him. A guy runs over to the gate, is holding the gate shut, a horseback. The cow pushes under his horse, knocks the gate open, and is loose in the parking lot behind the Watt Arena. And me and Matt are in pursuit on show horses across the asphalt. Matt's got a 40-foot rope, and he throws all of it. And you can you watch it, the loop getting smaller as it travels. And it just there's just enough loop, and it's right around his head. And that's all there was. And we're at a trot. And he's getting dallied. 
and everything comes tight, and that cow goes around the gate, the, the big gate there shut. Anybody's been to Fort Worth, to Will Rogers, the big gate that you go through, there's square concrete pillars in front of it, and around the corner, there's a manhole, and there was two guys working on something underground. <laughs> <laughs> and everything comes tight just as this cow goes around this corner and it bellers. And these two guys are like to throw their hands up and try to figure out how they're going to save their life. Matt's got a brand new, what kind of rope was that? Uh, it was just a weird, poly. Yeah, just a po- King's poly. Yeah. But. And it, he wraps it around this concrete pillar and just ruins this brand new rope. Uh. Well, by now... By now, the, the cattle crew has showed up. They've already dropped. They've fell one horse yeah, on the Yeah, I think they asphalt. dropped one horse They dropped on one horse asphalt. just trotting over there trying to get to and us. And here we're loping across it, roping yeah. stuff on our world's greatest horse. Yeah, and Justin Lawrence gets out there foot. He gets him by the tail. We get him out, wrapped, unwrapped around this pillar, and we start him back towards the arena. And I'm like, well, I'll just throw me a heel shot. And Justin's got this cow yeah. by the tail. I'll just rope around Justin. <laughs> And heal this cow. Well, I roped Justin. I, well, I don't know why I did it anyway, but I roped Justin. So now we've got Matt trotting down the asphalt with a cow behind him. Justin holding on to the tail of this cow, keeping him back there on the end of it. And I've got a rope on Justin. It wouldn't have been so bad if you hadn't stopped and dallied. Well, <laughs> it didn't slow him down any. Justin Lawrence just drugged that horse. Yeah, just, yeah we're just sliding down. The, yeah, no. But, uh, yeah, that was, that was that was a fun day at the horse show. Right That's there. it. Because I think the next day was the herd work for the world's greatest, and I think that was the year Blue Blood won the herd work. Was yes. so I guess maybe we need to do try, it again. Try that again. Yeah, yeah. I think that might have been one of them days. Uh, that was one of those talk to me, talk to me, <laughs> Cougar. Yeah. Let me take you on in. <laughs> me and Brad Lunder getting our man Matt here out, and we've got this plan in place. Like we've watched cows, and we have a plan of what we're going to do when we go down there. And Matt glazes all the way over. <laughs> and Matt is looks like he's just sorting stuff at the ranch and chucking his hand down. And I, I mean, it was, it was, and it was awesome. It worked great. Uh-huh. Went on. We did good. I mean, so much yeah. for that plan. No plan. No plan. A plan yeah. had been mm. aborted <laughs> all the way. It happens. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm with you, yeah, man. Yeah, we, we have lots of these stories. I mean, I, me and Matt, we help each other all the time at these horse shows, so we have tons of stories about where we just brown out and, like, abort yeah, mission. and you can see it in their, like, yeah. in Chris's face. You're like, well, I might as well just sit over not and be quiet. Not this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to take my advice. The heck with him. <laughs> <laughs> and there's two ways it can go. Yeah, that's it. The beauty afterwards is when you can say, I told you so. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> My absolute favorite one. I don't, know, I don't know if you were there when Lundy, we had talked about a cow, and it was the worst cow in the pen. It was terrible. And Jason Jackson was announcing. It was before Darren. We're in the Will Rogers cutting. And there's one cow that we're like, we're not cutting this cow. And I turn around to cut my last cow, and there's this cow standing in the cut hole looking. And I'm like, <laughs> and Lundy says, Doss, do not cut that cow. I'm like, you're right. <laughs> But I got this. But I got. He he wants it, Lundy. He wants it. It's like Doss, do not cut that. Like Lundy, he wants it. And I, now I hear Jason Jackson laughing in the announcer stand at your argument. At our <laughs> argument before I cut my third cow. Was, and in my defense, it was the best cow I cut all week at that horse show. I don't think I won any money at that horse show. 
But that was the best cow. But you did because, cut one uh, good cut cow. One good cow. And it was the one cow we were not supposed to cut. Against, against, consultation. Modesty does not prevent me from saying that I did cut him pretty, though. <laughs> I mean, and, and they say a good cow cut bad is oh, a bad cow Wait cut a minute. good. How does yeah. that go? Yeah. A bad cow cut good is better than a good, a good cow, cow cut bad. bad. So what about, back to the page here. This is why we keep notes. <laughs> This is too much ADD in one room. Focus. Who says you can't make it with ADD? <laughs> Whatever. So talk a little bit more about the ranch and heritage events. That's a that's a great deal, right? I mean, yeah, the, the ranch, I mean, yeah. So for everybody. yeah, so the breeders, um, so the horses that are in the eligible for those for those events, the breeders raise so many horses a year for the last I can't remember what it is five, six, ten years, something like that, and then raise a certain amount of cattle. Um, to make them eligible, and then so your colt's eligible, they pay him up, and then you get to come to these ranching heritage events. So you do a little rain work, go down the fence, and then you get to rope it. So like I say, it's a it's a lot of fun. You get to see, like for me, I get to see some of the ranch cowboys come to town, and so you get to hang out with those guys. And then for like the horses, like I show like Opus and some sparkles and stuff like that, you can get take those horses in there. It takes pressure off you and them, so you just get to go in there and, and go have fun. Right. Right on, right on. And they have those, like most of the stock shows are having yep. them. There's one in conjunction with Snafflebit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Do think we have them at all our majors? We, there for a while, mm-hmm. we had them at all our majors. Yeah, so I think just the Snafflebit's the only time we have it at a major event now. But, yeah, the, the, there's five or six every year, I think, kind of between Montana and Colorado and Texas down here and, and then you've been uh, hanging out with the Ranch Cowboys. You've been a part of, we were talking about the Tongue River Invitational. The, you've been pretty instrumental there in helping with the ranch clinics that we've been trying to get involved and in, trying to get some of those more of those Ranch Cowboys to come and, well, to follow with a little bit of your lead and be able to use your horse all week and bring him to the horse show. And uh, talk a little bit about that, about that clinic there at Tongue River. I remember you guys saying it was uh, very impressive. Yeah, it was a blast. I mean, it was fun. The guys were all great to help and really wanted to learn, and then they were all really mounted. I mean, heck, there was a lot of horses there that could come to the cow horse deal and be competitive. And, and so that, that was my main goal going down there was just try to help bridge that gap between the, the ranch world and the horse show world because, like a lot of the ranch guys, and including myself at first, you're real intimidated by the horse show deal. You're like, well, shoot, you've got to look a certain way or you've got to ride a certain way in order to, to win, you know. And so that's what I was hoping I could do there was kind of say, hey, you don't have to fit it completely in. I mean, like I say, all these cow horses are is just souped-up ranch horses, and you put a little polish on them, and, and you can go be competitive. You know, uh, early on when I first started going, I was hanging around with Greg Ward and I, first show or something, I don't know what I was doing. I said something about, well, what do, what do I do? Them guys act, they don't treat me right or something. He says, hey, you don't worry about them. You don't worry about them treating you right. You are what they're pretending to be. You're a cowboy and this is pretend cowboy and you don't owe anybody anything, you know, and uh, it really meant, made mm-hmm. me feel good. But then when I got there, Everyone was so wonderful. Yeah. Anyways, you know, that that thought of, you know, what's it going to be like when I go there? I'm just this ranch guy, and there I've got all the pre-saddles and everything. And the cow horse, it's just, it's just not that way. No, no, it's fun because, like, for me, it's fun. Like, when I go, 
like do help do with ranch work and stuff like that, they're always asking about the cow horse world. Well, when I go to the cow horse world, well, they always want to know about the ranch world. <laughs> I mean, it's so it, it it's all related there, and it's funny how how it all works. I think we all, I mean, like we all know in our deal that that's exactly what it is, though that we're just emulating stuff at the ranch. You know what I mean? And there's not, I don't feel like there's the pretenses. You know, I mean, you see a lot of those guys that do come from the ranch and just like you're saying, Russell, they have, they're a little, they act a little intimidated when they show up there a little, you know? And so, I mean, I think everybody tries to go out of their way because shoot, we're, would way rather, you know, be able to do the stuff that they do every day, you know, but we're just not tough enough. And you know what I mean? And I, I don't really like riding out there when it's that cold. <laughs> So luckily, I found a way to make a living where I don't have to. (laughs) I want to be an indoor cowboy. (laughs) Is there a video app for this? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I I really, that's what drew me to the cow horse. I don't know about you, Matt, is the, I felt like it was just the culture that I had grown up with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I say. It just, it was an inviting group of people like I remember when I first showed up all the guys that went out of the way to come introduce themselves and say hi and like say and just make you feel welcome mm-hmm. yeah it's fun yep. and they're there for you when you get hung up yep that's exactly it yeah I mean they'll put their life in in jeopardy to come save yours yep so after Haythorns how long were we at Haythorn? Four years. Four years. And then could you go straight to Wagon Hound from there, mm-hmm. or what did you do yep, after that? Yeah, so it was after I won the world show, I think, the first time. Yeah. <laughs> if you can yeah. remember the which first time. time. Yeah. Count them. Hey, did you, was that? Count them. Did you, did you have a one horse? Did you yep. bring a one uh, horse trailer? The first year. Yeah, the, the first, first year I went. This is awesome. So I had to go to the Ranch Rodeo Finals in Amarillo, and so I took, and we took a load of horses, the ranch took a load of horses, and I brought Blue Blood, and they're like, well, you just need to take that one horse to Oklahoma City. Why don't you just take that old, old one horse out there? I was like, all right. So I hook it behind my flatbed pickup and head to the, the world show with my one horse and a bedroll and go to Robbie Boyce's Eric Cowan's, and I sleep on the floor in the bar area and in my bedroll and load old Blue Blood up that first morning of the prelims, and I don't have a clue where I'm heading. <laughs> I get there, and I don't know. I still, to this day, have no idea what parking lot I parked in, this one-horse trailer. I saddle him in the parking lot, and I start trotting down through all them buildings, and I am calling (laughs) Brad Lund. Brad, where is the arena? Like, this is 6 o'clock in the morning. We start showing at 8, and I hadn't even been in the pen yet. So I finally he talks me to where I'm going. So I get in there, and... uh, it's just general riding, so you really can't do anything. So, like, I trot him around the outside twice, I think, and then I go find some empty stall and go put him in it. Go show him, somehow make the finals. Not really sure how that happened, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> Load him back in my one horse, go back to Robbie's for a couple days. And they're like, well, are you going to take him in there and school him before the finals? Like, hell, he seen that arena when we showed him in the prelims good <laughs> yeah, enough why? yeah why go back why go through all that extra effort i think the, we showed in the finals that night at seven or something like that i think i showed up at six you were first out too aren't first, you? Out, first yeah, out yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, and that was your i think they held scores yep they didn't i think no they announced they them. announced yeah them. i think so you never yeah. can tell what you're gonna get at that horse yeah so i had justin lawrence and dennis moreland were with me and they were in fine form <laughs> <laughs> That's, 
<laughs> Roll so, were you like a twenty-two and a twenty-five? Yep, I think something so. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just oh, went and put the put the whoop down on them right there yeah. first out and said, "Come get some, boys." And yeah, everybody Catch took that. a swing. Yeah, not a clue. Is that thirteen? Yeah, it had to be in. He was five year old. Yeah, thirteen. Yeah, he yeah. was a five year old. He might have just been a four year old because I think I just took him down there because I was like, "Well, I'll take him this year." And that way I can go see what it's like, you know, and then go back as a five-year-old and be a little more serious about it. <laughs> yeah. Just go see what it's like. Oh, it's yeah. easy. Yeah, right. no, <laughs> that's what it's like. Lope in, knock down some yeah. big scores, load up. Load up, go home, back to the ranch. <laughs> so I just can't help but want to really stress that the trajectory that your career was on, I mean, we're talking about 06, not knowing – that cow horse is a thing, and in yeah. six years, seven years, AQHA world champion. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah. that's that doesn't happen. Hey, for mm-hmm. everybody listening, that doesn't happen. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> don't don't measure that's your success bi- on Matt Cook, because <laughs> this yeah. is ridiculous, and this guy is good at everything. Like, not a business he, plan. He, he made breakfast this morning. He means, <laughs> makes a mean biscuits and gravy. Uh, I mean, welds, cooks, and hey, goes down so the fence. when did you get married? Been oh dang you shouldn't have asked that one. yeah no and thir- <laughs> that's a lot of pressure yeah <laughs> she's in here put him on the spot yeah yeah exactly <laughs> we got married when we were working for wagon hound that would be so, a more general mm-hmm. and safe answer yeah there you go <laughs> that is a grand old party up there yeah <laughs> and so <laughs> when in what's going on in thirteen you're at wagon hound did it so, did getting married change no, because we'd been living together for three years or something like that before that. Like, she, li- we lived together at Haythorns and then moved to Wagon Hound. And so, yeah, it all, I mean, didn't change a whole flowed lot there. Flowed right on Yep, in. flowed right in, yep. No kids? Got one, yep. One that's two now. Yep, just aren't two. One that, t- so it's been 13 what? So you didn't have kids for five years, mm-hmm. about five years? yep. yep. Yeah, she made sure she was going to keep you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make sure yeah, this one's saveable yeah. before I have kids with him. <laughs> sure he let go of some of that silly stuff. <laughs> yeah, low birth weight anyway. He's yeah. got that going for us. <laughs> so the transition from Haythorns to Wagon Hound, a little more emphasis on the horse show. Not at first, so, like, it was, like, I went up there in kind of the mindset of, like, would ride a few and help start colts and stuff that, but would still do most of the cowboying work, too. Um, like, took care of, I don't know how many head of steers we had turned out that summer, 1,800 or something like that, I think. And so that was the main priority. But I think that first year they were having a, that sale up there. And so, like, we had to get a bunch of horses ready for the sale also, and, and so... It was take care of your yearlings in the morning or on the weekends or whatever, and then go back and, and get a lot of them sail horses going and roping and, and stuff like that. So it was a pretty busy first year there. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of started going towards more of the horse show deal the years after that. I'd, if they were really shorthanded, I'd go help them. But otherwise, I had so many to ride. I was trying to get them all rode. Couldn't get, get all done. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was probably a little upgrade in facility from Nebraska, though. I mean, I know I come up there a couple times, and that was a, a awesome facility. Yeah, big heated indoor. And yeah, it was a great facility. I mean, lots of cat. I mean, we had plenty of cattle to work that we got worked out, and and uh, yeah, 
stall barn was heated. The indoor was all heated. I mean, it was it mm. was a really nice facility. Anybody that has the option, I mean, if you have the opportunity to go to Wagon Hound, they've got a great set of colts up there. Their breeding program yep. is really top of the line and uh, worth your energy and yeah. effort to go up there and check out their colts and see that place. And just it's a heck of an experience. That's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, that's du- Dustin and Matt Kelly and them guys are doing yeah. a great job up mm-hmm. there and. Yeah, they've really been big supporters of the NRCHA and the whole industry, cutting and cow horse in general. Yep. And, yeah, it's a super neat place. I've been fortunate enough to ride a few for them and uh, had some luck, and they're great people. What's been your favorite bloodline? Google. SDP Blue Blood. Yeah. <laughs> and he, stands, yeah. he stands at Darren Miller. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's, yeah he worked out pretty well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Really like those Laredo Blues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Second. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're second and fifth. <laughs> to, to me, it's like a good horse is a good horse. I mean, it nothing really stands out too much. I mean, we've got a variety of all kinds of stuff. I mean, as long as they're willing to go to work and, and kind of be on your side, it doesn't really matter what they are. What kind of style fits you the best in a horse? I guess as long as they can run. But, yeah, no, like, I don't really know. I mean, I just try to keep an open mind and ride them for what they are and and kind of go, I mean, shoot, we have everything from metallic cats to Appalachian <laughs> mountain horses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah, one of the most important horses at the house is one I got from the rescue, the horse rescue place. <laughs> <laughs> that cost me $500. Yeah, but that's what I go doctor on and snark, Low start. overhead. Cold. Yeah, yep. that's it. So, like I say, I just, I try to keep an open mind on all that stuff and, Try not to let the, I mean, yeah, you've got to have good bloodlines and, and stuff like that. That sure helps. But I think to keep an open mind and just ride each horse for what they are, sure. They'll show keeps, up. Keeps more in your barn, too. I mean. Yeah, a guy can get trapped thinking only one thing works. Yeah. I mean, heck, one of the nicer horses I got is a big black stud. I mean, he's not a great horse, but he's a good horse at everything he does, and, heck, he doesn't even have a left eye. I mean, heck, we still show him in the cow horse, the rope, and the versatility, and just kind of go do whatever you need to on him. Mm-hmm. Speaking of keeping horses in the barn, you leave Wagon Hound, and well, you went and leased the place for a little while before you bought the place you're at now. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the transition from coming from that steady paycheck at Wagon Hound and kind of knowing what you got in front of you and what you're going to do every day to – embarking out on your own where you know customers come customers go you know now we've got a little one on the way and you know just talk through some of that a little bit so like when we left wagon hound um when we were up there we they had so many horses ride we didn't have any outside horses so we had a couple personal horses and, and that was it so when we decided to make the move i we didn't have a single client so it was like well here we go leap of faith yep let's roll and so it, it worked out. Darren Miller just had back surgery or neck surgery or something like that. And so I went down to his house for a month and helped start some colts and, and kind of keep his stuff rode while he was laid up. And then we found this place to lease and then got half a dozen outside horses, I think. And we were able to kind of make that work between the two deals. And then it just kind of started. I mean, heck, we just rode kind of whatever we got, but got pretty lucky and didn't have too many bad ones come in. I mean, a couple that we're darn sure Bronx and stuff like that. And just little by little, just kept kind of showing what they sent and finding out where you could go with those horses to go win to, to put some records on them and keep those owners happy. And, and that way everybody was kind of a winner. And then, like I say, we built enough horses up that we felt like we could take 
the next plunge and, and go buy a place. And we just happened to find a place up there in Colorado that seemed to fit and work or gave it a whirl. And it is a gorgeous <coughs> facility there, gorgeous facility. We went up and spent a week there this summer, and it was fantastic. Yeah, it just, like I say, I wasn't planning on moving to Elizabeth, Colorado, but when I walked in that stall barn and seen it, I was like, holy cow. Hello. Yeah, I think we can make this make this work. And, I mean, it was sure a lot of work. We had to build all the outside facilities and stuff like that, and, but it's been it's been worth it. That's fine. Awesome house. Got two kitchens. Nice. Not to keep bringing up the food, but I really can't. <laughs> I feel like people don't understand how much that Matt really took from the ranch lifestyle. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yep. where, you know, he makes breakfast every morning. And they can, you know, everybody make sure everybody's on time for work. They show up for breakfast and then they go, you know, go do a little chores, come in for breakfast and then go back to work every morning. And it's a, it's a pretty neat deal. Pretty neat deal. Yeah, that's fun. So... Who was probably your biggest influence? Shoot, there'd be multiples. I mean, you've got like Don Brown kind of got me introduced that was to it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Robbie just being like when I decided to go to the horse shows and stuff, Robbie was there. Like I had somebody to lean on a little bit. And then I met, I mean, Chris and, and then Darren Miller was a huge part of it. Kind of helped me with the showing part and say there's just been tons of people along the way just and that was I was just lucky and just surrounded myself with guys that helped me and that I kind of wanted to to be like and fit in with you know and so when like Chris and I have talked to Ron Rawls and we talk about this a lot learning the billing process once you went out on your own had a family and wife and everything to do was that much of a struggle for you or where did you gain figure it all out how did you figure it out yeah, I guess, so, like, I had some introduction to it, like, when I was working for Lloyd, that was kind of a steady paycheck, they just paid me per ride or whatever, and then I'd have some outside horses, too, and I'd send those bills out, so, and then, like, when we Plum went out on her own, Brianna, she kind of took over the and did the QuickBooks deal and stuff like that, and I just, I mean, I just called a bunch of buddies, and, I mean, called Chris and Justin Lawrence and Robbie and Brad, and, I mean, and just kind of asked how it worked, you know, and how you kind of went about it and just kind of fo- tried to follow their footsteps. Did you have much trouble with the no pays early on? No, knock on wood, we have been very, very lucky. And, I mean, all our clients are really supportive and just, like, on pretty well on time with all their bills. And so, yeah, mm. it's been, yeah, just. And nobody would not pay a man of his stature. <laughs> True, that. So he's got that going <laughs> forward. <laughs> <laughs> Not not just everyone uh, has that, uh, he you dub- know. Doubles as a bouncer. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Swayze. Yeah. <laughs> Watch a lot of Roadhouse. <laughs> it's intimidating. <laughs> so uh, my wife had a question that she wanted me to ask you as far as when you went out on your own, how long, if ever, did it take before you felt like you were established, like you were back, you know, because we kind of didn't see you. After you left yep. Wagon Hound, you were a little AWOL at the major mm-hmm. events anyway. Yep. You know, like say you said you were keeping it, you know, a little more local and this and that just to keep the customers happy and stuff. Yep. So, like, how long How long a process was that? It probably took two years, I bet. I think one year I didn't have a, no snaffle bidders. I think the first year we went on our own, was there was no snaffle bidders. And then the following year... I think I, that was when I came down with, like, Ronalina Oak and stuff like that because um, those would have been the two-year-olds. So, like, really the that first set of – before last. Yeah, yep. yep. So, like, the first 
set of charity horses ha- I had show was like the two year olds that came that year to start them when we first went out on our own. So like I say, there was there was two years yep. in between there. So <clears throat> speaking of Ronalina Oak, sold him. He won the fence work at Snaffbit Fraternity, and then uh, did you show him as a four year old? Yeah, I showed him through right before the Hackmore Classic. So the Snapple bit last year. Right. Yep. So I showed him a year. And off then and on. Uh, sold him to Jesse Telford. Mm-hmm. And she's been running barrels on him. Yep. Yep. And, and they he's say he's been doing pretty darn good. So yep. that's a cow horse Turn. changing changing gears and chasing the to, cans. Yeah, no, that's it. They say he likes it, so and that horse could sure run. So that was kind of a neat deal when she called and wanted to, to run barrels on him. I was like, heck yeah, that'd be real cool to see that. Yeah. It's neat to see the cow horses go to those different events. We sold one. Well, actually, the horse I was talking about earlier, that uh, the WR, Sarah did rode to the horse. We sold to Ren Richard, who's been to the finals here the last few years in the calf rope and in mm-hmm. the head. And not sure where that horse is in his new journey of life, but uh, pretty cool to see those horses go on and catch rodeo careers mm-hmm. and how and what kind of transition it takes. I'm interested to talk to some of those guys and, that have bought them and see how, how quick they come along, you know, as opposed to something that they get made from another discipline or even one that's been started, yep. you know, with just that rodeo event in mind. I love the WRs. Oh, I just they love do them. everything. <laughs> I love them. But the it just makes sense that they would switch over to it, you know, because our horses have to do so many different things. Stop, run, turn. That's about it. Go to the calf rope and you don't even have to turn. Mm-mm. Just run, stop. Just run. And, uh, man, I see this breakaway deal. It. I, I don't know how our horses don't go there and do that. We just watched. We went to the Fort Worth Rodeo here the other night, and they had oh, a breakaway as the first year over there. And they had the semifinals. And the semifinals round, I guess they had two semifinals, and they both paid 4000 to win the round. And then I don't even know what they paid. It would have been Saturday night hmm. that they had in the finals. I don't know what the finals paid, but they said they were going to pay out a million dollars that weekend. Yeah, so, I saw that. Wow. That's I a, watched it. That's a, and there's only eight events, so that's that's mucho dinero. Yeah. I'm not a math major, but <laughs> that, uh, that's a lot of money. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Between it's all about being self-aware, spe- Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Mathematician uh, and speech therapist mm, are out. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Check those off the list. <laughs> There's always crash dummy. Yeah. <laughs> crash dummy woodworker. It's my strength. <laughs> I can put a crib together for you in half a day. <laughs> it took longer than that, didn't it? No, actually. It, only half a day. Yeah, it was uh, t- like maybe three beers. <laughs> what do you, how, 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 how's your interview process been? You ever done an yeah. interview like this? No, no, I don't think so. I never thought I would be interviewed for stuff like this or let anybody even want to hear what I had to say. So, Well, we don't know that they do. But. Yeah, that's yeah, that's good no, point. You've, had, you've told me that they were requesting. No, that's that actually, thing. you don't know, but uh, I do know. I had you, speci- from the, they could pick the whole world. And I didn't even say, hey, who would you want to see? They said, hey, when are you going to do Matt Cope? Yeah. I mean, geez, hurry up. Cook. And Matt Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Guess that's not the worst mispronunciation he's ever had. No, no, not at all. I think the worst was <laughs> the worst was I was showing in Rapid City and crap the judge. Two Wade guys, Rainey. Wade Rainey. Rainey was up there judging, and um, who else was the other one? But there was two of them guys up there, and I trot the center, and this guy's like, "Here's Matt." 
Oh. And these guys are looking right at me, and like Wade is about to fall out of his seat. Oh, Lance Shields was the other one. <laughs> so these two guys are just staring at me, just dying, laughing while I'm in there trying to show, and I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I feel your pain with the last name deal. <laughs> that, that not many things. Pretty easy going in high school, but that's one thing I could get uh, mad enough to fight over. Mark, but I'm realizing Mark, Mark now, Matson told me, like, when I first found out who you were, I was like, who's the crazy guy with the glasses? He's like, oh, that's Russell Dilday. I was like, Dilday? I can only imagine. <laughs> What the, he says, he said that he's only been in two fights in his life, and they've both been over his last name. <laughs> <laughs> but only apparently uh, because uh, the guy didn't want to fight in L.A. <laughs> or there was a third oh, yeah. one that had nothing to do with your name. That wasn't a fight. That was a close call. <laughs> right. One time, you, Scott Clark, when he was running, his wife was the announcer everywhere. So we're at a horse show and it's late and they have a banquet it's afterwards it's just kind of out in the dark and everybody's feeling good and we're all just visiting casually but everybody's drinking a little bit and we get around to Gigi Gortner is whining about her last name I'm like come on Gigi really that's not that bad and Scott Clark Carla is walking by and he turns to her and says Carla, what's your biggest fear as an announcer? And she just turns and looks at me with <laughs> no, because <laughs> she, she could not. It was just caught completely uh, off guard, and that was the answer. <laughs> so Anyhow. I do have a few just kind of hopefully, you know, maybe they're quick, maybe they're not so quick. I know we're, Ben's going to edit this down. He's awesome. Yeah. You don't really have to worry about You don't even <laughs> yeah. have to worry about filling the spaces, my teacher. Oh, you perfect. Think. I'm going to ambush you with a couple, though. Well, Bam. What would you tell your – I've got 20-year-old self here wrote down, but 18 to 20-year-old self. You go back in time, talk to Matt Cook when he's 18. What do you tell him? What do you tell him? Yeah, what are you going to tell him? Nothing. Nothing, yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Figure it out along the way. Right? Yeah. No, that's <laughs> what about 25? 25. Probably about the same thing. Yeah, just stay in the middle. Have faith and <laughs> yeah. keep your head down. Yeah, that's exactly it. Surround yourself with good people <laughs> or as good as you can find. He's not really a messiah, okay? No, so. no. <laughs> just because he's got the beard. I know. He looks like he would be he'd so... He'd never wear sandals, though. I, <laughs> he looks like he'd be such a, a comforting figure. Nope. <laughs> young, young kid. Yep, good luck. What's your favorite place to show around the country? You go a lot of places. Oh, there we go. Hmm. Like for the majors, Vegas is always fun at the South Point. Mm. Fort Worth has always been good to me. Probably one of the most fun shows would be McCook, Nebraska, I bet, just because, I mean, it's just a small community. Everybody's there to have a good time. It's kind of really the first place I went and shown and met a lot of people. Met my wife there. So I guess it kind of holds probably number one. That is a fun place. Anybody that hasn't gone to McCook, that's a – that's a good laid back little yeah it, little derby little derby to go to in the summertime. Fun. I think the first time I was there, I got to rope a steer running down the middle of the street that got out in the practice pen. Lucky frapped it down right in front of a cop car, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but yeah, that's a fun fun little town to go go hang out at for a weekend. So if there was an event, there's an event that you haven't won yet because you haven't won. You've won a lot, but you haven't won everything. <laughs> what, if you could only pick one more event to win, what would that event be? Oh, man. 
go between the world's greatest and the snaffle bit probably right up there sure. pretty equal i think yep no it's hard to beat that world's greatest mm-hmm. yep definitely yeah that's definitely mine okay this is a tricky one i think i don't know what would be the most if you could isolate five minutes of your career what would be the most important five minutes that's transpired to date and career career oriented, not yeah. childbirth. Give him yeah. a little. Give yeah, him a little. A little lead in, like like he's talking about in your life. A lot of time, there's a five minute conversation that, that you just go out. back to in your mind a lot. So it has to be actually deal with you. Like when I first showed up and was showing, I think it was at Vegas. It was really the first time I'd ever made an open finals, and I was like, "How? What do I do in the cow? Like in the fence work here?" And you're like, "Just." Just go work your cow. And so that always kind of sticks out in my mind is like for that fence work, you just go work your cow. Just go work whatever the cow gods send you and don't force don't, it. Yeah. Don't try to make something up or redo it or mm. reinvent the wheel there. So, I mean, that's been one of the biggest, I guess, one of the easiest or the biggest deals sure. that have. Did you go back to all the time? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. We've hit a lot of high points. What about a low point? Oh, there we go. A low biggest, point. Biggest disappointment. Mm. Heck, any time you get a horse and you train it from its two-year-old year up to the snaffle bit and it tricks you and it's not as good as you want it to be or you couldn't quite get it trained as its fulfillment or whatever. Mm. Is there one yep. of those that stands out? No, I don't think there's a single one. I mean, it's just kind of in general. Because like I say, I just hate people spend all that money and send these horses to you and then like you're like, okay, I think there's a good horse in here. Just be patient, be patient. And then it doesn't happen and like i just i just feel bad for them you know right. but i mean that's just part of it i mean absolutely yeah, until we take it personal i mean yeah like yep. as upset as those owners are sometimes because they've spent a lot of money they uh we're equally if not more upset of it yep. and disappointed with it because of the blood sweat and tears that we've put into it and i think sometimes that gets missed from an owner's perspective and they're like well pff, he just took my money for two years and then didn't do no good like yeah, because that's what I was trying to do. Mm. Yeah, no. the thing I hate the most is the phone call after you failed. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly a little bit easier now because we have live coverage all the time. But in the old days, you had to call because they had no idea you had to call on every horse. Yep. <laughs> and there's a whole lot fewer of them that you get to call and say, "Hey, we won," or "We even did good." <sighs> that's it. Just. I hate letting people down, don't you? Yeah, that's it. And the horse, you know. You're and like, the horse. heck, this horse, like, I think this is a, a good son of a gun. And then, like I say, you, you had a little hiccup or a flub up or he just didn't didn't get him trained the way you should have or mm. however. Okay, so what about the best win? Whether it was a win, whether it was yeah. end up first or whatever. What so probably like winning the fence work last year or two years ago for the first time at the snaffle bit. Yep. That was, I mean – was pretty cool to me. And then to do it again last year, two years in a row when the fence work in the prelims is, yeah, I still, that still kind of gets me that that even happened with all the good trainers and all the good horses out there. Mm-hmm. Still, I just still don't, still pretty crazy. What else? Yeah. What else, Matt? We've all the work here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got one more. What about, what's your, what's the biggest mistake you see people make? Young mm. trainers, old trainers, non-pros, people training their own. What's the, you know, if you could isolate that down to a phrase. Oh, it'd be, I mean, something like trying to imitate maybe 
too much of somebody's certain program that doesn't fit you 100% or whatever. I mean, instead of trying to just be yourself and, and remember where you are in your horse training career or your abilities at the moment, and along with the horse you're riding. I mean, don't try to make your horse a superstar if he's just a nice horse, you know. I mean, just ride him for what he is and keep that horse happy that way because it seems like if you try to make one into something it's not – it just bites you in the butt you know, mm. instead of just riding the horse for what he is. What do you think you're, you're established as powerful in the fence work. I mean, it's all over powerful. the internet. Powerful. Powerful. <laughs> so what do you think, what do you see as maybe one of the most common mistakes or misconceptions that people have about either training for the fence work or showing for it? So, like, I hear every once in a while, like, how crazy I am because I'm always going fast and doing this dangerous stuff or whatever. But, like, I don't feel like I'm ever really going that fast because I feel I'm in pretty well full control all the time. Like, those horses are always listening. If I pick my hands up, they go where I point them. Like, I want a more kind of trained than Cowie and, or broke than Cowie in a way. So, like, if something bad does happen, I can just pull up and, and fix them or put them where I need to go. And Save so I, your life. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions or whatever is people see me going fast or whatever. Well, they think that's what we do all the time. Well, mine will slow lope down there on a loose rein and go turn the cow or I can go rope on them or whatever. So it's like don't put yourself in a bad situation and, and not be able to get yourself out. I, I love that because I really feel like people will sometimes see the fast fence works and think, wow, that guy's he's just risking it all to win. Well, that's not. That's consistently fast fence works. If you're risking, it, it will not. It will no. turn out bad mm -hmm. sooner or later. Yep. To have consistently great fast fence works, you've got to be in control. Yeah, that's it. And just have those horses confident and on your side. And I think that's one of the biggest things is I try not – I mean, we still have to train them horses and, and get into them some, but not have them intimidated. Mm. I mean, they. I want to know that they're on my team when I ride in that gate just in case I do make a mistake or something right there. They're there to cover my butt in same way. I'm there to cover theirs if they make a mistake. And when you pick up, they think that you're there to help, yeah, not, not to mm – -hmm, Not to punish them right yeah. there. Yep. I'm there just to kind of help them. In our industry, what is in the direction of the industry? Let's say just stay in the fence work. What do you see us needing to improve on as a, maybe as a look overall or even as a presentation? I don't. I mean, for me in the fence work, it's just go work your cow for what it is. I mean, like I, we've got to have some form to it and stuff like that, but I think sometimes we forget about the function of it, that it's just go work that cow. Don't worry about sometimes the, the big old stops and the this and that beside it and worrying about every body manipulation or whatever. I mean, for me, it, it doesn't work. I'm just not quick enough right there, and I think it takes away from some of that natural talent of those horses. Yeah, I'm trying I see to be more of saying. a tactician than a technician. Yeah. If you focus so much on that huge stop on your horse, sometimes you've got them stuck there, and they have a harder time going with that cow. Whereas your your thought is, hey, stop, but enough to stay with the cow. It doesn't need to be. Yeah, don't over, don't use a hundred percent if you only need to use eighty. Yeah, that's I mean, good. I know you've helped me a lot with that because, like, say, as my career's developed too, and everything, and you're constantly evolving 
unless you want to start getting beat a lot, you better keep trying to stay current and make sure you're staying ahead of the curve. And I know you've helped me a lot balance my technician with my inner tactician and keep it, keep some balance there to it. And like I say, there are a lot of technical things that we have to train on them, but at the end of the day, tactician in you has to come out and just get the job done. Yeah, to find that happy medium yeah. right there, what fits your program. I mean, some it's going to, I mean, yeah, you've got to be more technical on it. And then some it's going to be like, hey, just let them go work that cow. And as long as they can go work that cow and stay safe, that's, I mean, for me, that's the number one deal. I think the single event guys, the guys that are just doing the cutting and guys that are just doing the reining are able to maybe focus a little more on the technical side of it because there's so few places to separate yourself in the, as far as the results go. You know, there's only some, you've got three cows to cut in the cutting and you've got these seven maneuvers in the reining. And so, like I said, I feel like they can be a little more technical. And I think sometimes, oh, there's some misconceptions about our event that, well, they're not quite cutters and they're not quite reiners. But when them guys come and try, they find out like, whoa, there's a little more to this. Mm. These guys maybe aren't just the goat ropers that we thought they were. And they're pretty good at this deal. (laughs) You know what, too? That also allows a lot of different styles to be the winner. Sure. Uh, You can be, uh, that's that's probably a great thing I'd say about our industry is that there are so many variables to it that we can see completely different styles mark huge. Absolutely. Um, in the fence That's or it. in and the in, other. And in having three events, I mean, you can kind of yep. stub your toe a little bit in one and, and still be competitive. I mean, I don't know how many times I've only marked below a 70 in the rain work and still yep. come out okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> those, those days are <laughs> yeah. being numbered, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not cool. as, yeah, it's getting tougher, and that's what I say. But like Chris is saying, you've got to work on making yourself better and helping each other. And like I say, I know he's helped me, and I mean, a lot of guys have helped me in, in the first two events. Mm. This might be our long. I think that was a two-hour conversation. Yeah. Sure. Chop, so, chop. Chop, chop. Get to work, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we've really enjoyed having you, Matt, and thanks for your insights. And uh, be ready because I imagine this will probably spawn some questions. Yeah, and we'll tap public. you again. And we'll tap you again, whether it might even have to be over the phone. But uh, best of luck next week in the Derby and the World's Greatest. Be looking forward to seeing you there. And... Uh, yeah, and maybe we'll have a. Where can people find you? Like, if they want to. I send am you not a horse, findable. Not findable. Off the grid. <laughs> off the, the off grid. The grid you better do some hunting and searching <laughs> in a snowbank. <laughs> well, you somebody can, that listens to this might want to send you a horse and train. Yeah. You can get. I think we've got a Facebook page, Cook Cow Horses. Um, and I think my phone number and everything's on there. All right. We'll have, a, we'll have that. Ben will put that in the show notes. You can find him in the winter circle. In the winter circle. You're uh, darn right. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> Next week, he'll be the guy that looks like Wade Sundell. <laughs> <laughs> the buff Wade Sundell. <laughs> oh, sweet. All right. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Cow Horse, Full Contact. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram to stay tuned for future episodes.